0: How's this for history? The sisters are going to win gold together. The Olympic champions, world champions, world record holders. They defend their title and they break the world record. Well done, Australia. Two gold medals on the opening night. The winner
1: is Cindy. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. and Thoth. Thoth in front. The hall. Thoth goes in. Australia, win. New world record. Australia has won the gold medal in the women's sevens
1: rugby. Yes, she did get it I was line. Pearson is the Olympic champion. He bumped, bumped, oh, oh, he
0: bumped.
1: He bumped. oh, 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 oh,
0: What do you think we come here for, silver? Stuff the silver, we come for the gold. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend, what a
1: champion. Mesdames and messieurs, welcome back to the Sitting on Our Rings podcast. I am your host, Brendan, joined by my co-host, Trent. Say hello, Trent.
0: Hello, Trent. (laughs) There he is. (laughs)
1: How are you, my friend?
0: Um, yeah, not too bad. Going going quite well, you know. Yes. We're starting to allow to, you know, emerge from our little isolation hubs. Yeah. Now.
1: I was going to ask yeah, how you're going Australia. with ISO, but yeah, here in Australia and, and particularly in Queensland where we are, um, our, our curve is virtually flat. Um, we haven't had new yeah. cases for ages and there's like, I think there's less than 10 people in our state that actually have it and... Yeah. yeah we're we're doing pretty well. so as of as of last weekend, you're allowed well, I think it was five people from one family to mm. go and visit other people and they opened some retail stores and everything again. And as mm. of Saturday, I think it's you're allowed gatherings of 10 people and Ten. some more re- yeah. retail stores and restaurants and stuff are starting to open, but with small numbers. But yeah, uh, yeah we're Ten. we're getting there, so which has been good. but uh, still yeah. still a long way to go.
0: A long way to go, and you know, and 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 in the rest of the world too. I think Australia's probably looking, being looked upon around the world as a country you know, Australia slash New Zealand is one of the countries that's handled it well, and we're being looked to about, you know, how how we flatten the curve and how well Australia's coming out of it
1: now. Mm. Yeah, unlike our, uh, i you do know. my heart does go out to our. American listeners, because uh, yeah, their country's still in a lot of trouble. Over eighty thousand deaths, and a president, who mm. probably the less I say about the better, because I don't want to get too political. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah,
0: um, you know, and I was just you know thinking the other day, like you know, in hindsight, looking at it now, I kind of can see the Olympics would never have happened this year at all. No, it was a big you know, ask, in, wasn't no- it? Not even you know you know how I was you know we were saying well maybe they can do it without spectators and whatnot I mean you know we're in mid-May and they were scheduled for the end of July. So they're six.
1: They're six weeks away. Is when they yep, were due. It was six you know, weeks.
0: Yeah, six weeks away and like I don't think the world's going to dramatically change in six weeks. No. Plus plus the fact that you know there's been no qualifying events around the world since. Late February, early March.
1: Yeah, and international so, like, travels virtually non-existent.
0: Yep. Yeah. so like it. Look, in hindsight now, as much as I'm biased and I would have loved it, I completely understand, and it never could have happened this year. No. So I'm. I'm just grateful that there's been a postponement, and you know, for the time being, till next year.
1: In your uh, since we last spoke, probably. About a month ago now, actually, maybe even be a little bit more. Um, mm. ha- have you been doing anything sort of, you know, Olympic themed in your your time when you're not at work and at home isolating?
0: Um, I've actually, I've been jumping on like the Olympic Channel app and being and watching some documentaries. Yeah. Um, and they've, I don't know if you've done it or not, Brennan, but they have this really cool thing on um, on the. On the app now that you can actually answer a series of four questions, and they give you like three images to choose from to find out and it matches you with your perfect documentary.
1: Oh, no, because actually, to be honest, I've been on the Olympic channel for a while um, yeah. since well, we, I mentioned on the last episode how our, our listener and, and becoming fast friend, Andrew, <laughs> um, mm. his, his platform that he's given us access to, um, there's so much footage on there. I haven't even bothered looking at the Olympic
0: channel. Yeah. Well, look, I've been, I've been looking at that too. And I actually, um thanks to our friend Andrew, I was um watching some Sydney highlights and, you know, going back to day one and then just watching things as they turn out and then just like the in- interesting commentary, like, you know, the very first day, how the commentators are talking about, you know, could Australia possibly have, you know, a clean sweep of, you know, the women winning the triathlon on the first day and, <laughs> you know. We we got one woman on the up there on the on the dais, um, but you know just those kind of things and like looking. I forget the commentary they had, and looking back at it now, yeah, you know, and like going how you know how things work. Like, that.
1: well, actually, I've I've um been to to quote Cool Runnings. I've been feeling very Olympic, um particularly the last couple of days, but the last week or so, I've um I've been reading a, a book, uh, one that I actually spoke to you and Andrew about, um because the author featured on Ready, Set, Tokyo a couple of weeks ago, and that's Michael Payne. Um, And for people who don't know, he used to be the um, head of sort of marketing division for the IOC. And he wrote a book that came out back in 2012 called Olympic Turnaround. And it's all about how the Olympics had to sort of move with the times from sort of 1980 onwards. So they didn't become virtually extinct, Uh, you know, and I've, People don't, I mean, honestly, I don't think even I realized until um, hearing his interview and, and reading this book how, you know, from the IOC didn't really become the powerhouse organization that they are today until, re- you know, quite recently, really, in, in the scheme of things. Yeah. It's only been the last, you know, 30 or so years where it's they've really become, you know, this big... You know, democratic mm-hmm. movement—the most democratic movement yep. in the world—and um, uh, yeah, so it's a really, really interesting read. And so, I'd suggest anyone listening who hasn't read it get a hold of it. And I, I will say, um, it's not a cheap book, even on um, Amazon Kindle. It was around thirty odd dollars. Because I was like, "Geez, that's expensive for a digital book." And I, I went to find it on um, the Book Depository website, and it was over a hundred dollars. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, so yeah, go, go digital if you can. Uh, but it, it's, it's well worth your time and money cause it's a really, really good read. And there's, I mean, there's stuff in there that, you know, I didn't know about Sydney. Uh, there's some interesting story. I mean, like I, I won't dive too much into it, but I, I will just say there's a, a really interesting story that I, I love reading about Atlanta and uh, I I know Atlanta isn't sort of well regarded Uh, You know, as being a a great Olympics, but man, on on a marketing level and things like there, there are areas where they completely screwed the pooch. And, you know, I had no idea, but um, during the opening ceremony of the Atlantic games, you know how the athletes came sort of over that ramp into the stadium. When the athletes parade started, there was a McDonald's in the Olympic village in the distance and it's golden arches were turned on. And the, um, <laughs> the, Michael was saying that, like, on the TV screens, you could see the golden arches in the background as the athletes were walking over the ramp coming into the stadium. And it looked like uh, the Macca's logo was part of the stadium, even though it wasn't, it was in the distance. But you but, know what the IOC and Olympic movement's y- like with, with advertising. Yes, yes. And I, I won't tell and- you, like, how they solved the problem, but it's a really, really interesting read. And the last two days alone... Um, while I've been working from home, sort of playing on my tablet beside me, I've watched the Atlanta opening ceremony, the Atlanta closing ceremony, and the Barcelona opening ceremony. (laughs) And and Ah. all three of those things, I've never seen the Barcelona ceremony all the way through uh, because, like I said, I was only eight at the time and it was on, and it was on, you know, very late, early hours of the morning, you know, for for us here in Australia. I remember, I think I've told the story, I remember... Waking up and seeing the, like the last maybe half an hour of it. Um, mm. I went into mum and dad's room and uh, they still had the TV on. They went to sleep with it on. But yeah, I'd never seen that all the way through Atlanta. I've only ever seen the one. So um, that's sort of the first Olympic opening ceremony mm. that I ever watched all the way through. And the closing, mm. I'd, I've never seen um Mm. the majority of it because it was on of a Monday morning and I was at school (laughs) when Mm. it was on. You would have got
0: got to see, you know, back from previous episodes, one of my favorite Olympic songs, Reach. Mm.
1: Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, So no, it's been really, really enjoyable, but yeah, it's funny. Like, and I'd been messaging our friend Andrew about it as well while I was watching it. It's so weird how like comparing it to Sydney, Barcelona felt like it was decades before. It was only eight yes. years. <laughs> mm. You know, mm. it's really like it, it. The the time that the, the things like just fashions and and that sort of stuff that changed in eight years. And then I really think about it. It's like, well, that's only the difference between London and now. You know, yeah. like, and it's it's not that long. And I, I mean, I don't think that much has changed in the last eight years in comparison to looking at, you know, television coverage and and just that sort of stuff. So it's been really cool going back and revisiting those ceremonies and uh, yeah, seeing, seeing some really cool stuff. So I'm probably tomorrow, I don't know what I'll, I don't might even know what I'm going to watch tomorrow, but I'll definitely put something on in the background and just sort of have it playing while I work from home.
0: Also, something that I did revisit and watched all over again and laugh because it, it had been a long time. And if everyone's never seen it, they do need to check it out or try and find it was um the Australian comedy The Games, <laughs> you know, with Gina Riley. Yeah. Yes. It's been a long time since I've watched that. And I think I did that about two or three weeks ago. I managed to get like hold of it and I watched it and I'm going, and it, it is really funny looking back now at the Sydney Games and stuff and like, or the humour in it, I'm going, it really was a great comedy series. Yeah, and
1: I I honestly, I again, that's one that I didn't watch when it was happening because, I mean, when that show was airing, I was only 14 and 15, yeah. I think. So, I mean, you know, ABC, I... At that age, I was in my room every night time just listening to the Hot 30 on the radio. Like I wasn't watching television at all. Um,
0: You probably would have missed a lot of the humour in there at that age too.
1: I I, I would have. and It's not made for 14-year-olds. No, (laughs) but it it had a DVD release. It's probably when you bought it, um, in 2016, Mm. right before Rio, um, about a month Mm. or so before the Rio Games. It got a DVD release here in Australia, and I bought it then. I'd never seen it. Um, Weirdly enough, though, my wife had... Um she I think she used to watch it with her parents and stuff like she was a fan of that show and I'm the Olympic buff and I'd never seen it but we watched mm. it a couple of weeks before Rio and I killed myself laughing and I actually had planned mm. um to rewatch it in the lead up to Tokyo this year um mm. but th- so there is a part of me that's like do I still watch it this year or should I wait till next year and sort of maybe make it like an, oh, I won't say an annual thing, but every year when a games is on in the couple of weeks leading up to it, maybe I should rewatch the games again. But
0: uh, yeah, I, I reckon do it, ne- do it next year before um, Tokyo. Yeah.
1: Mm. Cause there was the, um, the BBC in 20, in the lead up to the 2012 games, they did their version of it. Um, I can't remember. Was it, was it just called 20 I think it was just called 2012 but they did like oh. a comedy mockumentary series as well um mm. which was a well not, not a rip off but it was the the BBC British version of The Games because you know Australians right. and Brits have a very similar sense of humor um yes I guess that for our <laughs> I, American listeners it, it kind of like The Office um like yes. that style of yes. comedy but well before The Mocume-
0: Office yeah yeah, mockumentary, yeah. And it was
1: it was based within the Sydney Organising Committee and it followed um, sort of three main characters and it, it's so funny. <laughs> like, it's really, yes, really funny. Yes, very much so. It
0: yeah. Is, yeah. Like when Gina... Anyone who hasn't seen it, they do need to f- seek it out and watch it.
1: Where Gina's computer's locked and they think it's voice activated. <laughs> Open! <Yep>. Up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Such a good show. Yeah. So so I uh, got to watch that and I really uh, enjoyed watching that again. It's been a long time since I'd seen
1: it. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, long time and and anniversaries and things, uh, the reason why, I mean, we were due to record another episode anyway, and we kind of teased this, but um, on our last show that we were maybe going to do like our Olympic torch countdown or something, but uh, it was pointed out to me on Sunday, the 10th, which was your birthday. So happy birthday for for Sunday.
0: Thank you very very much. It was my birthday on Sunday.
1: It was the 20th anniversary of the lighting of the Sydney Olympic flame and Mm, the start of the the Sydney 2000 torch relay. So I was like, well, we'd we'd sort of talked about maybe doing our torch countdown or just, you know, the episode on our favourite torches anyway. And then when it was like, well, it's the 20th anniversary of the, you know, the Sydney torch relay, bugger it. We may as well do it now. So that's what we're going to mainly be discussing today. But before we dive into that, um, for the first time in a while, actually, we have a, a, a little bit, a, a little sliver um, of news surrounding Brisbane 2032. So I um, haven't, haven't been able to play this for a little while, but uh, let's have a little bit of a Brisbane 2032 <laughs> update. <sighs> Queensland's bold bid. ...for the 2032 Olympics. To
0: explore how a Queensland 2032 Games would work. It could be a golden age uh, for Queensland. This is absolutely
1: the right time for our part of the world. And the rings may be within reach. So on the weekend, uh, the AOC held its uh, annual meeting. And for the first time ever, it was done all via video, obviously. Everything's done via Zoom these days. And yeah, it made headlines over here, but the, the main headline that, that I saw um, and that I shared on the page and that you and I were talking about is that Coates came out with the uh, sort of saying that the Brisbane 32 Olympics um, could be the trick that would pull Queensland and, and, you know, mainly Queensland, but also I think Australia by and large out of recession um, after, yep. you know, this COVID crisis. Because, you know, it's obviously it's going to generate a lot of employment um, for, for quite a long time. So, I mean, mm. yeah, so Coates was was quoted and I'm, I'm reading direct here as saying, um, I've always believed in making necessity a virtue. There was already a need for jobs and growth in, growth in the Queensland economy arising from the impact of COVID-19. Um, Our government partners recognise the potential in 2032. uh, Games is a critical part of the state of the nation's economic recovery in the short term, uh, quite apart from all the long-term health, wellbeing, um, economic and sporting legacies. So that made headlines here in Queensland because, you know, it's something that's still, it's good to know that it's still being talked about. Um, And I think he also went on to say that, you know, at the moment, the status of the... The 2032 bid, which, you know, became a reality in January this year, is that it's sort of ongoing dialogue because, mm. I mean, you know, I don't, with everything that's going on, I think the the, the main focus is obviously the delayed 2020 Olympics. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, you know, after that is all said and done, there's there's not a lot of turnaround between, well, it's 12 months between mm. um, Tokyo and then the Beijing Winter Olympics. So I... I yep. I don't know if we might not hear anything about the 2032 games, you know, maybe until 2023 now. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Everything sort of the timelines are all a bit weird because if you remember last year, around the time we started this show, they were talking about potentially being able to announce, you know, the 2032 host city in 2021. Um,
0: yes. Well, that I, I had a feeling that that was always going to be the plan was to, do an announcement in 21 because 2021, I should say, because they want to give each country a maximum amount of time to prepare, mm. you know, and make all these venues that can be, you know, reused and reallocated, you know, so that you don't have, you know, white elephant venues anymore. Which is obviously the Olympic policy now is to make sure that you know the cities, you know, have reusable venues. Mm. So I think that 2021 was going to be the date where it was to really ramp up and to try and start making those decisions.
1: Yeah. And, and this is the thing. I know, I think we may, may have touched on this briefly in our last episode, but the, it's going to be difficult because the public, I think, by and large, are going to be against a bid coming out of the COVID crisis. Yes. Um But... Like I've pointed out multiple times and I had this conversation with a few people online the other night on this very article that we're reading at the moment is, is, you know, people, there's so many millions of people that have lost their jobs and yes, it's, it's obviously going to cost money, but the funding that we get from the IOC and ticket sales and advertising and all the rest of it, you know, a lot of that's going to be covered, but there's going to be, close to a decade's worth of employment that needs to occur in Mm. all facets, you know, um, construction, road building, uh, you know, government positions, office positions. There's so many jobs that that getting a Games creates and there's so Mm. many people at the moment that are unemployed. So... (laughs) You know, it,
0: that's that that could be the big factor to run with out in the public when there's going to be so many people that would be against it. Is that think of the employment that comes with it? And you know, I don't understand. Like, it's going to improve our public transport system rapidly. You know, it's going to improve our you know, ho- hospitals. Yeah, and like you know, and. It'll give us venues, but also, you know, the Olympic Village will all be reused as as a part, you know, as a housing and Mm -hmm. everything. So that's like a whole, you know, massive new housing block potentially for students or.
1: Essentially, it could even be, you know, know, a new suburb. I mean, you know, sometimes these villages and games precincts are quite large. I mean, look what Homebush was before Sydney.
0: Mm, Nothing. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (coughs) Pardon me. So, yeah, it's. Well, I'm, obviously I'm biased because, I mean, obviously I want the games to come back to Australia, even if it wasn't in my city, but the fact that it is, obviously I'm going to be very biased and throw my full support behind it. But mm. even taking that out of the equation at the moment, bringing something like this to our state on the back of this crisis that we've just had, people are going to, they're wanting to throw the baby out with the bathwater. They're not looking at the bigger picture. And uh, mm. it, it's only going to be great for you know the city, the re- you know the city, the region, the state, and overall the country because mm. you know it, it it needs to happen so. Mm. Yeah, well,
0: that's right. And, and if you're looking at it on a global level, Australia is probably the country that's most ready to continue with making a bid oh, yeah, other places like Germany and, and India and
1: whatnot. Definitely. Um, and also, yeah. too, um, Coates was also quoted we were talking about Tokyo because he's um, got quite a large role sort of overseeing the, the preparation of the Games. And I, I have heard him say this previously, but he's he's kind of doubled down on it and saying that you know he believes the Tokyo Games may ultimately be the among the greatest games ever, if not the greatest. Mm. Um, and that's he said he's putting aside his um, he you know proud patriotism of being a proud Australian and Sydney boy aside, but he, he certainly hopes that Tokyo will actually top Sydney. And mm. the the other news that came out of the um the press conference stuff from the the AOC meeting was, Coates said that there there's no plan b for tokyo now yeah
0: that's right
1: even if like if there's no um vaccination against covid-19 by the time the games are meant to happen they're going to go ahead if 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 for some reason they can't go go ahead next july they're not going to happen they yeah. will have
0: to be canceled yeah that's that's right yeah you know, the, we could be in a different place in the world, could look a lot different in 12 months, mm-hmm. you know, and just and, and touching on that, you know, with the research I've been doing, like um, they got all the um, national Olympic committees as well as all the national sporting federations together and I've decided there'll be no more qualifying events at all this year. Right. So like all qualifying events for, the games next year are all cancelled and all put on hold until next year. So they'll recommence in early January. obviously because international travel for qualifying events is going to be very hard for the rest of the year. So all qualifying events for this year have been cancelled and put on hold and paused. Obviously all athletes who have qualified will remain. And I think while in between episodes Australia um, selected their shooting team.
1: Okay. I think. Yeah.
0: Yep. So we've got a full shooting team and those athletes were a little bit worried about because their qualifying event finished just as Australia went into lockdown the weekend that it happened. Um, So they weren't sure, but all the athletes were selected and assured of their places. And that was obviously the last last team to be selected for the games presently. And then they'll come start commencing world qualifying events from January next year, but obviously based on what's going on. But that's going to be the big thing for next year. You know, we for the Olympics to happen, you know, the world needs to be in a better place by early next year because you've got to do all these qualifying events. Because, yeah, you know, I think, as I said last episode, only 51% of those quota places were full. That's half. Yeah. So half... the athletes have not been selected yet so you know it's interesting otherwise i think i do a lot of people saying that maybe they'll have to get athletes qualified on world rankings or you know or for ones who if they have already qualified then just keep moving down the rankings list to try and have the best athletes but who knows what could happen in you know the next six months
1: yeah hopefully good things
0: (laughs) good good hopefully good things business as you said there's no plan b so it's all systems go for 2021 yeah
1: and i mean i i'm still getting my head around the postponement i could you, i i never thought i'd be living in a world in my lifetime where we're staring down the barrel of of a possibility i will stress possibility <laughs> of a game's not happening yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible to, to even yeah. consider, isn't it? Being,
0: you know, you know, in, you know, in looking back in history, you know, when we're long gone and it'll have like 2020 as cancelled, but, you know, when, you know, furthermore, every Olympics could go be held as, as per every four years, but 2020 was cancelled. Yeah. Well, it'll, of this, it'll
1: be exactly the same as obviously different circumstances, but you know, in the opening ceremonies, how they have to when they're going through all the. Usually, it's p- people running out with flags <laughs> of every host city. Yeah, and they have to sort of, you know, make. You know the sort of the the announcement that you know games were cancelled because of wars and. Yeah, it's it's it, it feels so. Unreal, I guess is I don't even know if that's the right term. I mean, I know obviously that it happened, and I understand why it happened because. You know, mm. war's a terrible thing. You couldn't hold an event like this in, in, in those times, but mm. it's still yeah, it's it's weird to think that you know, there was like what eight eight years between Olympics and things like that. It's just yeah, very yeah, very sad to think about. But Yeah. Let's turn the clock back twenty years, <laughs> which <laughs> we're which we're gonna be doing a lot this year, being the twentieth yeah. <laughs> anniversary of Sydney two thousand, to the to the tenth of May. And the flame was lit for the Sydney 2000 Olympic Torch Relay. Now, I can kind of remember some of the stuff about this time. I, I do remember the, the fact that the flame wouldn't light because it was an overcast yes. day. So they had to bring out a backup flame that they did during the rehearsal that was lit from the, the sun's rays. So that, that always right. that always kind of annoyed me, if I'm being completely honest. That, uh, you know, that it didn't light like the way it's supposed to on the day. Uh, But, hey, you know, having trouble with the flame sort of became Sydney's trademark anyway, let's be
0: honest. Yes, (laughs) that was a trademark, definitely. And
1: I remember the brouhaha here in Australia not long after that about Sophie Gosper.
0: Mm. That's right, being the first person to get it.
1: Or the first Australian, I can't remember... Yeah, I can't remember what exactly what the story was, but yeah, but then there was this whole backlash because she's Kevin Gosper's daughter and he abused his power. I mean, this wasn't long after the whole Salt Lake, you know, fiasco. (laughs) And it was Mm. still I think we may have mentioned it previously, but it really wasn't until the flame landed in Australia on the eighth of June that this country was still very sceptical. Um, Australians, we really suffer from the tall poppy syndrome, um, and we we don't like when sort of if someone is on a pedestal here in Australia, the public and the media will usually go out of their way to knock them down. Uh, usually, unless it's a sporting hero, like you know, like your Kathys and Thorpes and stuff like that, when they when they're winning medals and stuff, but it, it just felt like every single thing. About the Sydney Games, and I, I kind of think it started with the the kangaroos on the bicycles at the Atlanta closing ceremony. Which I'm sorry, I still don't see a problem with that. I didn't see a problem with it when I was 12 in 1996, and I don't see a problem with it now. Only having rewatched it today, <laughs> I, I thought they were kind of cool. But ever since yeah. then, like anything that came that was about the Olympics, like and Australia being on the world stage, the Australian public and media was very everything was cringeworthy and everything was a big deal. And, you know, like the marching band for the opening ceremony that they were going to be using international students. But it's like, but that was the idea to have a global band of 2,000, you know, band members for the the, the year 2000. But it was this whole thing about Australia were disgusted that they were going to be using other... Nations, you know, band member. It's just, it was just so bizarre, but yeah, that they're, they're two big memories from when the torch relay started. The Sophie Gosper thing, which seemed to last for weeks, probably didn't, did, but that's yep. what it felt like. And then yeah, the fact that the flame wouldn't light from from the sun on the day they had to use the backup flame. But <laughs> do do, do, you, do you remember? Like, did you watch it all happen live, or do, what? What your memories um, of when it started? Well,
0: I think, I mean. Because we're talking days where, you know, you couldn't really watch it on the internet, could you? So, no. Well, the I internet was still dial-up
1: th- everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure Channel 7 replayed it the next morning, I'm sure, because what didn't it happen in, in the middle of the night? It here? would have been out. I mean, they probably like, went live yeah. with
1: it, but, yeah, I, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I would
0: have been asleep, yeah. Um, but I think I do remember it lighting it, and, then like, and yes, I very much do remember the uh, the media blow-up about, Sophie Gosper doing it, and really, people were going, "Who, who actually is she? Mm. You know, she doesn't go here. You know, to quote me, and Girls, like, where has she come from? like yeah. what's her, what's her sporting achievement?
1: Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. You'd...
0: It's because it's because Daddy, it's because like Daddy said, I could.
1: Kind of, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't following it, and I, I know it was public backlash and. Gosper had to apologise, but I, I think it, potentially if it wasn't so close to the Salt Lake scandal, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. But because that was still so fresh in people's minds, yeah, it it, it didn't look good. Mm. Let's be honest. <laughs>
0: no, it, yeah, yeah, it didn't.
1: <laughs> so, so what we're going to do in in honour of the the twentieth anniversary of the the beginning of the Sydney two thousand Olympic torch relay. Uh, we're going to go through and give our top five, well, I'll say, yeah, top five favourite Olympic torches. But, I mean, I haven't done mine in any particular order. I've just got my five favourites. But what we've done, when we discussed this previously a couple of days ago, we're excluding the Sydney torch. Because <laughs> people who've listened to this show will notice a bit of a pattern. Whenever we do our f- episodes of our favourites, um, it's always Sydney. That something, something from Sydney is always number one. So yeah, and I'm not
0: going to apologize to anyone. No. that I always rank Sydney up there. <laughs> ne- sorry, neither I'm not, am I. I'm remotely sorry.
1: <laughs> and, and see, this is the thing. Even if I wasn't Australian, I honestly, I think this. And even if I was doing like a a five to one countdown, Sydney would be up there. Would probably be number one because taking my bias out of it, the Sydney torch is beautiful. It mm. really, it's just gorgeous, and those colors, it's. It's absolutely stunning. Um, yeah. So but for that reason, and to make it interesting, let's just, we'll say on the record, both of us, the Sydney Torch is our favourite. Yes. <laughs> no No question.
0: But I was pre- pre-warned that I couldn't pick that, so I said that <laughs> that's fair.
1: Yeah, so we're going to do our five favourites, but technically six because Sydney's in there. Um, but hmm. to, but to make it even more interesting, before we go into our five favourites, I thought it'd be fun to pick two that we don't like.
0: Yeah, um, just you know, just to make
1: the discussion a little bit fun, you know, sort of you know, yeah. just so we're not yeah. you know praising everything.
0: Yes, yeah. and so and so that the listeners know we don't know what the other has on. No, the list. we haven't discussed
1: exactly. So we might do what we've done in the past. So if if I mention a torch or you mention a torch that. That the other one's going to mention, jump in. Well, you know, we'll piggyback off on another and talk about yes. it at the same time. Uh, and yep. the the other thing is too, we're only doing summer games torches because I figure you know the winter ones we can talk about in twenty twenty two. You know, when the the Beijing Olympic torch relay starts for the winter games, we can we can do this a similar thing with the the winter torches. Yeah. So did you want to kick things off? We'll, we'll do our our two. That we that we don't like, to get those like. out of the way. <laughs> and then we'll start with the uh, the five that we do like. So do like. kick us off. What's your, your first, you know, least favorite torch?
0: Uh, um one least I want to think is uh, the torch. Look and I I have actually I didn't I in error, I selected a winter one. Okay, by mistake, but it really is probably one of the all, most awful torches that they had. Is was the Albertville torch. That was. Oh. I don't know.
1: Which is I the one? That, it, which is the one that was the really long one? I I think that was Innsbruck.
0: That yeah, or Lilyhammer.
1: That might be Lilyhammer. Let me just let me have a the, look. I'm just going to Google
0: now. The the Albertville one looks like. Maybe a really weird shaped sweet potato that someone's just covered.
1: Oh in yes, 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 yes. I know the one you mean.
0: <laughs> it's
1: it looks it's, like a Viking horn.
0: Yeah, it's ugly. It doesn't look like a torch. It looks as I said, it looks like a sweet potato that someone's just covered in grey paint.
1: Uh, and for the American listeners, that's a yam.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: sweet yam. Um, Sorry, that's so.
0: so That's my error of sticking a winter one in there. But of all the torches like that, it's also that. I don't want
1: to. I don't want to go down that road. But it's extremely phallic. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at a a profile shot of it now. It's it's even kind of got a little helmet. On it, like yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's but not. It's, it's, it's not nice. Ugly. It is.
0: It's ugly. It's very ugly. Like when they, I just like when they picked that as the winner. Like I really would I want to see what the see others look what, like. Yeah, I would see like what came in sixth or seventh place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, my first one that I, I'm not too fond of is the Montreal Olympic torch.
0: Oh yes, yeah. I remember that one. It does it, is, is that one that looks like a like a red microphone kind of. Yeah, on do you like know, a meta, it, yeah.
1: It to me, it looks like a you know the pumps that you use to pump up like basketballs and footballs and stuff. Yes. It looks like a hand pump. Like I've literally got a hand pump in my cupboard that I used to pump up my basketballs that's red, the same color red and it's that metallic you know, I'll say Shaft is that the right word? I don't want to get phallic again, but <laughs> you know what I mean, like that that part. And then the handle's black, like it literally looks like the Montreal Olympic torch. It's it's yep. very, um, I, I don't even know the word I'm sort of looking for. Like it looks like something you'd see on a building site.
0: Yeah, it yes. doesn't look yep. like an Olympic yep. torch. That, that, yep, that would be fair.
1: And I mean, and I love Canada, but I'm sorry. Your your Montreal torch was not nice. <laughs>
0: mm, mm, mm-hmm.
1: So it might like the top of it, like it looks like almost like the top of a garbage bin. Like it's it's just weird. I, I yeah, not a fan of it at all.
0: Yeah, it was like yeah, I I was like looking at that one, going mm, it is a bit of a weird one.
1: Yeah, I just yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, but anyway, it was the seventies. They were probably all high.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but and like, like are they trying to be, is it meant to be a Canadian Mountie like
1: oh, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's not attractive and I'm um, yeah. That that's I've never ever liked that torch, but anyway. We won't dwell too much on the ones we don't like. This is just for a bit of fun. Just <laughs> to, <laughs> so what's your second least favorite torch?
0: Um another one that I picked that I didn't like was the Mexico City torch.
1: Okay, I don't mind
0: I don't know I don't know if it, it like see to me it looks like a giant egg beater.
1: <laughs> I can see that. Does actually. it not? It, it does. Does it, it not? It does. It looks like a whisker, yeah. It I, I did think it was clever how they kind of had like, you know, the word around the top, which kind of forms the body of the torch. Like I I liked what they did in theory, but yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's bizarre looking. Yeah. Okay, and yeah,
0: it, it it is bizarre. It's it's quite big and chunky too. So mm. that would that would have been. It feels like that would have been heavy to try and carry too.
1: Yeah, there's this is with my second one that I don't like, and I feel like this is kind of low hanging fruit. I don't know. Um, it's the Atlanta Torch. Uh, yeah, I, I really I don't like the Atlanta Torch, and there's a couple of reasons why I. I don't. This is so nitpicky, but it, it's just personal preference here. I don't like when you hold the torch, and there's still a big chunk of it that comes out the bottom of your hand. Like, I like the torch to be held from the bottom, and I also don't like. And I know this is going to <laughs> sound so weird because it's it's carrying fire, but I don't like when a torch shows burn marks or singe marks. On the actual torch, and the mm. Atlanta torch, like the second it was lit, it it would show like black singe marks and stuff, sort of around the what you call, almost like the 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 stick, sort of around the top of it. It just, I don't know, it always looked really weird to me. So I've I've never ever liked the Atlanta torch at all. I mean, I friggin hated their cauldron, but that's a different episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just never never appealed to me. The the um atlanta torch so disappointing but uh yeah that's that's how i feel <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, that's fair enough like yeah like i looked at it and going it's not really a great one
1: no oh uh, yeah anyway so let, let's start talking good news here so kick us off what's uh, one of your fave favorite f- f- uh, <laughs> sorry can't even talk what's one of your <laughs> five favorites
0: um, well, I'm going to quickly throw in a special mention, one that I really like, and like not a lot of people liked it, but, I mean, like, I like the use of colour in it and, the more, and how modern it does look. I do like the Rio torch.
1: That's actually one of my five. Like, I like the...
0: <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> yeah, um, we, I, we I can just, talk I about
1: don't... it if you want, because, yeah, it's one of my five.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, like, I really do like that torch.
1: Yeah, so do I. And this is the one where I kind of have to be a little bit hypocritical because it did show burn marks sometimes being that, that white color. But I don't know. I'm the same as you. Like I really liked the co- like the color scheme of it. And, and mm. a very basic, like a very, you know, sort of basic looking design in terms of the actual shape of the torch. I mean, it just looks like a torch, but yeah, I liked the whole, when the flame, you know, when it lit up with the flame, the torch would sort of open up and show those those colours, those bright colours. Mm. I, but, and that's the part mm. I like about it is the colour scheme. It just, to me, it was a very, um yeah, modern looking and and it, it's an attractive looking torch. Like I, I was a big fan of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and, and I just said, well, well, let's say well, we we started off with one of your top five first. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and I, I will give Same it. As I, I was
0: giving it a, giving it a shout out. I'll
1: give an honourable mention myself as well because I, I was going to anyway. Uh, and honestly, the only reason it's not in my five is because we haven't seen enough of it yet. And that actually is the Tokyo torch. Um, mm. I really like their design, and uh, you know how they've they've incorporated the cherry blossom into it, and. Um, you know that nice sort of goldy bronzy color it it's it's a mm. it's a very elegant looking torch and again I just want to see more of it <laughs> i really do <laughs> um but yeah, that's why i didn't want to, didn't want to include it because we haven't seen enough of it yet but but what I have mm. seen I do really like so an honorable mention to tokyo mm, mm. okay well if
0: okay, you've, you've well, seen well, one
1: of my five so let's go with one of yours
0: we'll, we'll select one of my five well um i like will, one of the ones I put in is an an early one, mm-hmm. um, which was Rome.
1: Okay. Yes, I'm familiar with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just like the. I think like the design of it. I think it's very, you know, it's the you know modern for the era, but it you know harks back to you know early Olympics.
1: Yeah, um... like you
0: know, like you know, you know, ancient Olympic kind of design and feel to it.
1: Yeah, and and the one thing I liked about it is, um, it the London torch and the Melbourne torch were the same thing, essentially. Um, I mean, it was the exact same design. It just had the different you know city on it. Helsinki was a bit different to sort of to break up the two, but I liked that Rome was was still that very classic style. But yeah, it was different to what had what had come previously. That we'd seen twice in you know two previous Olympics. Yeah, but no, that's a good call. So, and,
0: and 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 I like you know like the color, like you know like the coppery kind of color of it.
1: Mm. Yeah, you no, know, it's very classic looking. I I will give you that. It's it's honestly I didn't even consider it, but it's uh it mm. is a it is a very nice looking torch. I saw one on eBay last year, I think. Um, it was quite expensive, <laughs> a couple of grand. But it was actually on sale <laughs> here in Australia, so I, I'd be interested to know how it got here and the story of it, but. Yeah. Good, good, cool, Good, Paul. Is that sort of the oldest yeah. one that you've got?
0: Yes. Uh, y- no. Oh, okay.
1: Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting.
0: Okay. Well, I, 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 I went back and going, I can't have all the modern ones or Brendan will be going, you know, there was Olympics before 1992, don't
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it's funny you say that because I was worried that, I'll be honest, mine <laughs> Mine are from all or all from within my lifetime <laughs> oh
0: okay but That's but fair. honestly the
1: the 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 timing really has nothing to do with it it's just their designs are appealing to me um mm. but yeah okay well look you've done your you've done that one it's not your oldest but I will go on to my oldest because we've I've got them all open here in front of me so I'll, I'll get out of Rio because we've already covered it now um, but the oldest one I have is from the year of my birth. And that is Los Angeles, 1984.
0: Um, all right, cool. Well, let's have a dual conversation because oh, so that was yours. in my top five <laughs> as well. Yep. So we can have a dual conversation about that. So we're both ticking off number four. I like, <laughs> we're ticking off a fourth one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like this torch. I think for a similar reason that you like the Rome one is it's very classic looking.
0: Um, mm.
1: and I, I really like that. And, I, I mean, these things are obviously mass-produced, but this one, I mean, it just felt like there was more care taken with the, the making of it as well. I mean, the handles were leather, uh, which I really, really like, and I love the fact that it's got the image of the Colosseum etched around the top of it, you know, with the cauldron mm. and stuff on there and the Olympic rings. Mm. I, I really, really like that. I think it's a very classic, gorgeous-looking torch.
0: Mm.
1: Anything you want to add?
0: <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think like, you know, the big like top that it's got there, but the flame coming out of it was quite bright and large as well. Like a larger than some other Olympic flames have when you just have like a little flame coming out of the top. That one had a much larger flame coming out of the top.
1: I do like a big flame. I will say, I, I'm a fan <laughs> of a big flame. That goes yes, for torches. Kyro, <laughs> that goes for torches and cauldrons. Mm. I, I like a big flame, which is why I really didn't like the London Olympic cauldron because it was just so small. Like, I, I, I want a big f or flame just so that you see, can like, see, see from like, everywhere. I, I...
0: And I, but I love the way that the London flame came together. I thought it was unique in each country carrying in like the little.
1: um, Oh, I've got nothing against that. Nothing against that at all, but it was so small. Like, yeah, no, I Mm. want a big one that you can see, you know, in the distance and on top of the stadium and stuff. I don't like internal cauldrons. Um, Mm. I'm so nitpicky, but anyway, (laughs) that's just, but no, I I do like a big flame and you're right. The LA torch, um, you know, it, it, it did look really, really beautiful lit, which is another reason why yep. I didn't like Atlantic. It just, it looked, it didn't look nice when it was lit. Mm-mm. It almost looked better without the flame on it, which you don't really Lame, want yeah. with a torch. You want it to look great with no. the flame. Agreed. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so, so there you go. So we both got, uh, got a, uh, the same in the top four. Okay. We'll see what else see what, what else picks up.
1: You, you go again. What's your number three?
0: Um, well, I had, you know, I just like, I just really liked the design of it. It was the, the Melbourne one, the 56 Melbourne one. Yep. It's kind of looks like, you know, an upside down bell.
1: It does, yeah. So to yeah. speak.
0: Yeah. Like, um, you know, it's got that really nice long handle, the upside down bell and, you know, almost, you know, the, the wax catcher, so to speak underneath yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very similar to the London 48.
1: Well, it's the exact same torch. Um,
0: yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm I was trying to pick the differences between it. Um,
1: I do, I'd love but, to know what the reasoning was for using the same torch. Like, cause mm, it is, it's the exact same design.
0: Mm, that's why I was trying to, to try and find the differences. I thought, well, there's got to be something there, you know, considering how far apart they were, but then maybe that year they didn't send out a design competition or something but like i just i just do like the melt one it seems it seems like though that it would be very heavy
1: yeah actually i've held one and it is
0: it doesn't yeah it doesn't look like a, it would be a very light torch but i just like the cl- like the design of it you know being the upside down bell with the, you know the little wax catcher on it the long handle there
1: very top heavy um, yeah but, yeah, but, again, it, it's a very um, classic-looking torch design, like something you'd picture yeah. in, like, you know, the 1800s or something. Like, it's, yeah. It was yeah, a very... and that's right.
0: And, you know, like, you know, the flames, like, you know, because it's got the, the groove, you can see through it almost, you know, with the flame in there, like, yes. you know, the flame's got room to build and, and whatnot and be bright while it's sitting inside the, the, the torch.
1: Yeah, it I do wonder now that we're sort of talking about it, I, given, you know, that it was the 40s and 50s, I do wonder if it was because, like, you know, Australia and, and London, you know, both part of the Commonwealth, like, I, you know, I wonder if potentially that might have had something to do with the the fact that we use the exact same torch, is it, you know, mm. I'm just spitballing here, sort of thinking out loud, but <laughs> I do wonder.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I couldn't probably agree with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, my third is another recent one, and that is the torch from Beijing. I see. Are we doubling up here?
0: We are doubling up, Brendan, and that was Beijing is actually my favourite Olympic torch.
1: Oh, really? After Sydney, Beijing's your favourite.
0: Yes, yes. I absolutely love the Beijing torch. I love the colour, the design of it. Um, you know, even the top, the curves on the top, and that reflected the same way. You know, all the curves and the images at the opening ceremony around well, the big screens yeah, and, and see, the waves.
1: That's the thing. That's what I like about it. Is I, again uh, similar to sit um, like oh, I was going to say. Sorry. Um, oh, so, uh, similar to um, I've got my countries mixed up. Similar to Rio how it's sort of a generic looking shape in terms of, you know, the profile of it. It's sort of just that nice long torch, almost similar to Sydney in size, but it looks very normal and cylindrical from the front. But when you look at it from the back, like it's got that nice curved, it's sort of the, it's it's meant to be um, uh, Chinese writing paper, isn't it? From memory, that was the... Yes, yeah. Yeah,
0: and even in the in in the from the when you look at it from the top, you look down inside it. It's got all those little cylinders and curves inside it as well. When it you does. Have a view yeah, of from the top. Yeah, um, it's just yeah. It's like it's my favorite design, and all the you know the intricate red. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really like the bright design, red color. The,
0: yeah. And and all the you know and the white slash silver background with all the little red you know circles and grooves and markings all the way through it as well.
1: Excellent. Have you y- you would have seen one in in I'll say the flesh before?
0: Um, yeah, I'm trying to work out where I did. Uh, isn't uh, I, know I the sporting... say, is there one at this.
1: I know the Sporting Museum in Sydney, the Australian Sporting Museum in Melbourne, they've got all the Olympic torches there. So if you've been... I think,
0: I think that's where I saw it. Yeah. The one in Melbourne at the MCG.
1: I have held a, a Beijing torch. <laughs> um, the day... we've, I think we've talked about it before on the show, how they always have the, the Welcome Home ticker tape parades for the athletes mm. after every Games. Um, four years before I knew you... <laughs> and I was still living in Toowoomba, I came down to Brisbane with my brother and my best mate for the Beijing Welcome Home Parade for the the Queensland athletes. And there was someone walking, there was actually two people walking around the crowd. I, I don't know if they were actually affiliated with the parade or they were just there as a part of something else. But they had a Beijing torch, a Sydney torch, an Athens torch, and a Melbourne torch. Um, and I got photos holding all four. <laughs> of so, course you did. <laughs> cool. As if you, <laughs> if, if you were there. You would yeah. have the, we would have been taking photos for each other if we knew each other back then. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and that that's honestly, that's what really made me fall in love and appreciate the Beijing torch. Because I honestly think beforehand, I just thought it was a long cylindrical shaped thing that had like a cool pattern on it. But actually mm. seeing it up close and holding it and and seeing yeah that that curl design everything to it it really made me appreciate it. It's a gorgeous torch and again nice big flame. The flame looked really good inside the torch.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it
0: did. absolutely. Yeah, this is fun. So, well, that yes, yeah, so, yeah, it's fun. So that would that's my pick right at the top. It is probably my favorite torch. You know, being biased with Sydney, yep. but out of so if Sydney won there. That would definitely be my favourite torch.
1: Excellent. Okay. Mm. So that was my so, okay. So go for another one for you. How many more so, do you have? Do you have two? We've
0: only. I've only. I've only got one left.
1: Okay. I've got two. Oh
0: no! 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 Yes. Yeah. I've only got one left. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll
1: go for my um, second last pick, and then we can both do it, do the last one together. Um, so again, I'm not doing mine in any particular order. Um, the other one. That I really like is one that I mentioned that I held <laughs> that day in two thousand and eight. I actually really like the Athens torch.
0: Yeah, like that would have probably been in my top five as well. I really looked at it, but I discounted it because I thought, oh, Brendan's going to get going. Oh, you're picking no. all modern ones.
1: <laughs> no, like, um,
0: but but doesn't doesn't it almost look like a pen?
1: It does. It don't, <laughs> when you look at it from front on, it does look a bit like a pen. But then again, their cauldron looked like a giant reefer, so you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. But the thing that, I, and again, it was seeing it in the flesh and actually holding it that I, um, I had a real appreciation for it. I mean, obviously, it's meant to look like a, a fig leaf, um, you know, the, you know, part mm. of the 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 Athens and the Greek cultural, you know, particularly yeah. the logo of the games and everything. So that was that was really cool. But I really liked the the way they had sort of the timber, the wooden yeah. back to it. I thought that was yeah. really nice. It's very, it's actually quite small. But the thing that amazed me compared to the other torches, it was really light.
0: It was really mm. light mm. to hold, and it felt it really like a light one.
1: It felt really comfortable in your hand. Um, mm. So yeah, I, it was very sleek and nice to hold, and I liked sort of the the way it sort of came to the peak at the top. And again, the flame looked really nice you know at the top of it and it didn't burn like it didn't leave singe marks it it, it still sort of kept that nice silver color um, at mm. the top of it so yeah i it, it's a very simple design uh yep. but i i genuinely I, I do have a lot of love for the um for the athens torch
0: mm, mm, mm. and actually but i was going to say i don't know if you're going to, if we're going to post up any pictures of what they look like, but otherwise I'd encourage all our listeners to jump on and, you know, just jump on Google and, or, and Wikipedia They've got them all there just so they can look at, at what we're talking about as well. Yeah. Like no, so they I can mean, see can... what they look like unless...
1: I can make up. I can post the photos. Um, you know, when we post the episode, or you know, a couple of days later, so you know, it doesn't give away. Yeah. Doesn't give away the surprise when, when people um go to listen to the show when it's posted. But yeah, I can certainly. You know, it's worth having a look at because some of these torches just, if they if they
0: to understand. Yeah. they yeah, To understand what we mean, and they'll understand what I'm talking about with a Mexico City yeah. torch. It looks like it.
1: It does an look like whisk. a whisker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see if we cross over again for our last one so i'll let you go what's your um, well, last I had, one
0: i also had in my top five um the torch from Seoul.
1: oh okay no we're not crossing over then
0: yeah that's good yeah i i i think i, I like to design it the handle you know how mm-hmm. it, it like it separated from the top of the thing from the the top of uh, the torch, and I've got to look. Is it is it timber on the bottom? I'm I really couldn't work that out. Whether it's a different see. kind of metal, it looks like timber, but it's probably just maybe different type of metal. I'm
1: just it's, going on Google now because I I'm familiar with what it looks it, like. It's just not in you know. It I'm looks like a very
0: me. yeah. It looks like a very tall. Torch as well, but the des- once again the design on the top—it's a little bit similar to Los Angeles.
1: I, I've always felt, yeah, the the actual torch but is like, very similar to LA, but it's it's that yeah. similar shape, but but different enough.
0: But I do like the color of it as well. I think it's a it's it's a color that hasn't been used in virtually every other torch.
1: Mm. And one thing that we, I always found interesting with Soul is torch runners wore white gloves. Yes. Which is different. So that makes
0: me wonder, like whether it w- whether it was a metal that could have gotten hot, or whether it was a timber.
1: Yeah, it's hard to. Me, hmm. It's not going to give me any information here.
0: Mm. But I really, really do like the design of that of that torch, and the fact that it used a colour that wasn't used in any other torches as well.
1: Yeah. No. Very intricate artwork around the top of it too.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah i just found that, a, that really stands out. When you when you look up. at it up close that stands out. Yeah.
1: I found a close up here. It looks like it's like a leather to be honest. Yeah.
0: It's either like a leather or a timber.
1: Yeah. But no, very nice though. Yeah, again I Yeah, yeah I I didn't I didn't include it because this is I do actually generally like the Seoul one, but I out of Seoul in LA, I I do kind of prefer the LA. Mm. Yeah. Actually, looking at these images here of photos, just come up of the London torch. That's one I didn't like either, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) It looked like a giant cheese grater.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. London was a great games. I did not like the design aesthetic for any of it. Hated Mm. the purple, hated Mm. the logo and didn't like the torch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit of a cheap shot at London. Um, So
0: so I know that that's not going to be your final one. No.
1: Mine (laughs) is, uh, hang on, where are we here? Mine, we can skip ahead four years. Barcelona.
0: Yeah, I was just looking at it and going, I bet he's going to pick Barcelona.
1: <laughs> now, this is a weird one for me because the actual torch itself isn't that pretty, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, mm. it's, it's kind of odd-shaped. I'll, I'll give it that. But the thing that I absolutely adore about the Barcelona torch and always have is the flame the way the flame almost looked like it was floating on top of it. Like if you remember what it looked like lit it, the flame was massive. Like it was a huge flame, but it, because it's sort of the flame would sort of flatten out along the back, like the, I guess, what would you call it? Like the, uh, the, the base of the top, if that makes sense. Sort of that big circular part at the top of it, the dish at the top. Um, I don't know. There's just something really, and in terms of the way a flame looked on it, on or in a torch, however you want to say it, I still think Barcelona is the best. Um, the flame just looked beautiful above, you know, on top of that torch. So that's where it, that's why it gets a mention in my top five for me because it's not so much the design of the self, it's there's oh, I can't even talk. I'm getting I'm so used to not podcasting recently with this sort of stuff. Um, I'm, I do. I just. I adore the way the flame looked atop that torch. It's just. It was beautiful. Yes, and, I do
0: remember. Yeah.
1: And rewatching the Barcelona ceremony today, I was just looking at it, going, "Yeah," because I, I made my list last night before rewatching that. Mm. I was just like, "Yeah," I definitely made the right call because
0: mm. it's just.
1: It's it's mesmerizing watching the flame on top of that Barcelona torch. It's just yeah,
0: mm. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I do like. I do like that torch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, honestly, it's still one of my favorite cauldrons. The I, I, same with my torches, with my cauldrons. I love a big flame, and the flame for the Barcelona cauldron was <laughs> massive.
0: It was, yeah, and it looked great in you know all the images that you would get throughout the two weeks, you know, yeah. cutaway shots there above the stadium. Yeah,
1: excellent. Well, we've done it.
0: Yeah, we have. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> know, not as not as many double ups as we thought.
1: No, I mean, there was a few in there. But uh, look, it's yeah. it's it's bound to happen. We we've, we've got similar tastes. So. Yeah,
0: yes, that's right.
1: But like I said, I, I I just think it was it was fair that we excluded the Sydney Torch because it was going to be both our favourites. I mean, you know, now that we've yeah. talked about the if you wanted to, I mean, did you want to touch on the Sydney Torch? Like how we've talked about the others, we can we guess we can mention Sydney now, like. Do you remember how you felt when you first saw it and and that kind of stuff? Um, The the thing that's funny, you mentioned the Melbourne torch. You'd remember this, but in the years leading up to the Sydney games, whenever they'd sort of promote the torch relay or advertise it and everything before they released the design of the torch, they would use the Melbourne torch.
0: Torch, yes, that's right. So in my head for the
1: longest time, when you talk about the Sydney torch relay, I was picturing that old school you know, metal torch. That's what I thought, you know, Mm. that was was in my head was going to be used.
0: Mm. Well, you know, looking on with the history of the torches too. And if you have a look at all of them right from back to the start, there's kind of been like an evolution of form. Mm -hmm. The torches where you've gone from, you know, the classical design to a Kirby design, Basically, from Sydney onwards, everything had a little curve. There's a bit of a curve, yeah. Virtually, yeah, like every torch, you know, whereas, you know, Atlanta backwards, they were kind of straight up and down torches, that classical style torch. Atlanta's not that classical style because it looks like a cigarette almost.
1: <laughs> kind of does, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Should
1: have been a giant um, bottle of Coke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, you've got that, like that classical to Kirby design, but, you know, with the Sydney one, you know, the thing that stands out probably is just, you know, the say of the way of the design of it to look like sales, you know, to incorporate the, the sales from the Sydney Opera house. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the white with the symbol on it, the clear, you know, that's one of the torches where the official um, logo symbol for the Olympic is the most clear on any torch, I think. It particularly is on that one. Beijing on stands
1: out quite a bit. Um, yes, I it, think, well, yes but, yeah. it
0: does. When you see it, yeah.
1: But no, I do. And I, I going, know what you're saying, though. This, yeah.
0: And you go into the blue, and then yeah, into the silver.
1: T- to me, I don't know. I think the the thing that really strikes me about it <clears> is that blue <throat> section. It's mm. just, uh, I I've said it about a lot of the torches, but it, it's beautiful. Like it's a work of art. It's just, it's so it's, gorgeous to look at, and it's. I mean, the curve was sort of to, um, to sort of resemble a boomerang. Um, that, I'm really glad that they resisted the temptation to not go full curve to make it look like a boomerang. I know there were mm. early designs, you know, um, for a Sydney torch that did that. Um, so I'm glad
0: it they... Would, it would have been very awkward to hold too. Yeah.
1: So I'm glad like. they, they sort of honoured it, but it was more subtle. I, I really like that. Mm. And then, yeah, of course, the... Um, the, the opera house sales very Sydney and, mm. and sort of the blue, you know, I think that was because, you know, we're a country surrounded by sea and that sort of stuff. That's what really it mm. resembled. But I mean, it, and again, the flame looked gorgeous on top of it. It was the right length. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful torch. And it, mm. it's going to take a lot to, to top the Sydney torch in my mind, if, if it ever happens. Um, it's still on my bucket list of, of Olympic collectibles to own. I would kill for a Sydney 2000 torch. Um, they, they pop up on eBay often, but they're so expensive. They really, really are.
0: What? Are you talking about like a couple of thousand dollars? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I've, yeah. Ne-
1: I've never seen one for less than, uh, uh, you know, 11 to 1200 bucks. Mm. Uh, you know, years ago before I met my wife and when I was still living at home, I always said if I found one for less than 900, I was going to get it. Um, maybe, but,
0: maybe we should go halvesies, Brendan.
1: But then, where does it live?
0: <laughs> well, six months it's at my house. Six months it's at your house. <laughs> or, or you know, if you if you've got some uh, friends coming over that you want to show it off, then it gets delivered to your place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still somehow I don't think Jess would sign off on it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to override Jess there.
1: <laughs> maybe if we lived closer to Andrew and we could split it three ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Want to be a silent partner, Andrew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's it's one of my and I I actually will mention this is just it just popped into my head, but um when my grandfather died in 2014, um he was in a nursing home uh for a couple of years prior to that and he he was in the nursing home when the London Games were on and when we were cleaning out his room from the nursing home I found a photo of him um, at the home holding a Sydney 2000 torch. So when the London games were on, um, someone who had a torch bought it in and um, all the oldies sort of held it and stuff. And i got this photo of my grandfather holding an Olympic torch and I, I, I never knew it happened. He never told me it happened. Um, and yeah, it was, it was literally a couple of days after he passed, I found this photo in his room and I just straight away, I'm like, I'm keeping this and no one challenged me. <laughs> Everyone's just like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but no, and that yeah, was, that's, that's, just right. a, that's another nice memory, even though it was you know, 12 years after the fact or 14 years after I fe- when I found the photo. But it, it's also just another nice little memory I have that, that often now when I see the Sydney 2000 torch, I think of that photo.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah well, and you know, It was really exciting when I got to hold, hold one as well. Um, at the time, um, my next-door neighbour's daughter... Was mm-hmm. in the torch relay, yep. and she got to she had the option to buy her um, her torch as well. So um, mm-hmm. you know, after it was all over, she one day she brought it over next door, and I got to go out there into the front yard and hold it and make sure I had probably about six thousand photos of me <laughs> <laughs> holding it and uh, wearing my Sydney two thousand shirt and stuff. So that was quite exciting to be able to hold that as well and listeners, you know what it, listeners will it, it, be it,
1: it, familiar with that photo by the time they listen to the show Because uh, <laughs> oh. it's, it's part of the artwork <laughs> see actually uh, the with artwork my flaming is, red hair <laughs> the artwork is both of us holding the Olympic the Sydney 2000 torch
0: yeah with my flaming red hair there yeah.
1: so it looks like you're the torch it looks like the torch is yeah, holding exactly.
0: you. <laughs> yeah I didn't see that joke coming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, well, any any final thoughts that you want to give before you sort of wrap up?
0: Um, I oh, well, I think we've like pretty much covered it all. Like I'm um, I'm kind of, I know, I was interested to see what you thought of the Beijing torch. How 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 you would like it. Um, but like that's probably my favorite out of, all of them. And you know, and I do did like the the Rio one the way it was put together. Yeah. Yeah, no.
1: Excellent. Well, we've, so we've done I, our... I
0: think that was a fun a fun episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to yeah. sort of uh, even on my my pop culture podcasts and, and other shows. I mean, I like doing, you know, not not necessarily always countdown episodes, but episodes where you're listing your favorites. You know, like I did a an episode recently on the Real Fans uh, for Real Movies podcast where we we're talking about our uh, you know five films that we think are just are perfect, and it was interesting because mm. there was like five of us I think on that episode and the the, mm. the spectrum of movies that came up, but yet at the same time there was also quite a bit of crossover. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, so it's always fun, and I always make sure that when we do these sorts of things that we we don't know what the other person's going to talk about because it's it's fun. Okay. Yeah. It, you that's know, right. It's fun having it, that yeah. mystery, yeah, and discovering what the other that's person right. thinks. So. Um.
0: And and I'll just say, look, on a quick Olympic note too, um, a movie that's just come out on DVD and Blu-ray just recently, a really great movie directed by. Uh, Clint Eastwood called Richard Jewell. Yes, all about uh, the bombings that happened in Atlanta.
1: Yes, in '96.
0: Is... Like, um, I actually got to snuck myself into the or didn't see. I got managed to see it at the cinemas, um, before cinemas closed down, and was a very good film. And I really recommend mm-hmm. for someone to seek that movie out and and watch it.
1: Yes. No, I you I've know, seen it as well, and it's. I mean, it's an Eastwood movie, so it's usually you know it's going to be good, but. It's obviously a a story about a tragic event um, that occurred at the Atlantic Games and um, the horrible things that happened to to Richard and his mother after the fact. But, you know, seeing a drama movie like that, you know, having sort of that Olympic... Theme to it was, was kind of cool. So, yeah, and I, I, I completely second you there. It was a really, really good movie. Yeah,
0: and you know, the way they recreated the park that it happened in, too, the set design, and you know, being able to resurrect all those, you know, the 90s, the design of everything, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and being, and also the Olympic Committee allowing them to use the images in the movie as
1: well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, that uh, that
0: would have been a very big hurdle to try and get across. So the movie's really quite respectful everything, and and Kathy Bates is very good in it as well. I think look back at she's like quite deserving of her Oscar nomination. Oh, definitely, so, definitely. So you know, so something for for all the viewers, so listeners to uh, go out and seek it out and, and sit down and watch. it. Give yourself a couple of hours. It is a very powerful movie, and I highly recommend for someone to to seek it out and sit down and watch it.
1: Yeah. Set, yep. As I said, completely. Because we because
0: we don't we don't often get Olympic movies at all, and this is a very specific Olympic movie about a very specific thing. So, mm. um, it was good to you know want to get any movie that comes out around the Olympics. Um, you know, it's good to get one, but this is a very good movie.
1: No, look, I completely agree. And so it's just come out here, has it, in, in on DVD and Blu-ray.
0: DVD and Blu-ray, so um, I'm sure you'd be able to to um, maybe buy it off like um, iTunes or something like that as well, or or pop out to uh, one of your favorite retailers where I might now work. You're and, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and uh, grab yourself a copy.
1: You can say it, JB Hi-Fi. They don't sponsor us, but if they yes. want to, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's on 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 Sound now at all, all. great JB Hi-Fi.
1: <laughs> Excellent, because that's another one of those movies that um, you know America got. Well before us, and then yeah, we we mm. got it. Like, was it late February? Like it was quite late.
0: Yes, we got it after the Academy Awards had come out too. so Yeah. Um. Oh. So no one had really seen Kath here in Australia had seen Kathy's performance in the you know until, bet she was really good as Richard Jewell's mother. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, on that note, let's start wrapping things up. So. Thank you for joining us again, Trent. It was it was really good.
0: Yeah, that was a really nice, good, fun episode.
1: Yeah, a little bit rusty uh, in hosting this. Show. I've been on so many podcasts lately, but there have been <laughs> other people's podcasts. So, I, I, yeah, I do apologise for being a little bit rusty in terms of the the hosting duties. But anyway, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanna you wanna shout out your your social media or anything if people want to find you and follow you?
0: Um. Well. Yeah, um, I'm on Facebook as well, and um, I do have an Instagram account. I'm here and there on that. Um, It's uh, um, underscore hawk eyes, E Y E Z underscore. So, you know, you can find me there, and, um, you know, you sometimes post things on Instagram. Excellent. As well. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, obviously, listeners can follow me on Twitter um, and Instagram as well. I'm at Lowy 007. And you can find the show on Twitter, which is at S-O-R-R podcast. And uh, same on Facebook. And, of course, the, uh, the website where you can find these episodes. You, you, I mean, you're listening to the show. You know where to find us. So uh, until we meet again, uh, I have been Brendan on behalf of Trent. Thank you for joining us, listening to the show. And we will see you next time.